1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, welcome to episode 243 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. Um, please rate us five stars on Spotify as well. I keep begging, so just do it, please. Nothing wrong with the beg. And <laughs> Harry, you're also a night outside a pub this week, it looks like, so um, we hope yes. the Wi-Fi will stick it out. Um, Bayliss is here. Hello. And Jack Williams. Hello. Um, Harry, again, uh, a game of football finishes involving Wolves. Um, we're not really talking about the match, but we're talking about VAR. Oh, do you know what? I am actually... on. on it, you know what? It generates good numbers on our podcast, but I am bored of talking about it. It's getting past a joke now. Um, I know the Spurs game was brilliant, but half the reason why was because we didn't have to talk about bloody VAR either. And we've had mm. horrendous decisions all year. And then in the game on Monday night, We've had like three or four that have been absolute howlers and it's just getting past the joke now. I don't know if it's a laugh or cry. And it genuinely after the game last night, I've just thought, I don't know if I want to watch football again for a bit because it's getting absolutely stupid, especially in the Premier League. Um, Bayliss, who was forced into uh, change with um, Santi Bueno starting, um, didn't think much of his contribution, to be honest. But I, I think it is it is overshadowed by, by things that are, are out of our control. I, I, for the last 24 hours in my head, I have thought of many things I was going to say. Um, and I think they would probably get us cancelled pretty quickly, um, including thoughts of arson, um, Benga, obviously. Obviously. Um, <laughs> first thing that came to my head as well. Where do we start? Where do I start? This is, it's every fucking week. 
come on in. We want to talk about football, right? And I, I genuinely enjoy coming on here to talk about football. And I can't talk about the fucking football game because there are a load of arrogant, jumped-up assholes that are supposed to be doing a job that they clearly aren't good enough to do. It, it, we've spun these conspiracy theories about corruption and stuff. It's It's all I've got left. It's all I've got left. Either they are completely brain dead and they just don't have a fucking clue what they're doing or there is some sort of stitch up going on against the teams that aren't in the top six because I mean I've listened to what O'Neill said afterwards and it right that the ref agreed with him that the first one wasn't a penalty yeah then go and look at the fucking telly that you've got on the side of the pitch you daft twat <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to shut up for a bit because I've wind him up and, and wind him up and let him go. It's, uh, and Jack, I found the game confusing, uh, mostly because of my IQ and also because I don't think anyone knew what was going on. You were at Craven Cottage. It must have been a very, very surreal ex- experience for you because you don't know what's going on either. And the clear and obvious conversation that we always have surely goes out the window when you're having to take that long to look at something. I mean, yeah, surreal, but none of it was at all surprising because I think we've just become to expect this now. And as soon as there's a little pause in play and they they put up on the board of VAR checking this or doing that, you just fear for the worst because it it seems, particularly as a Wolves fan, the calls are going to go against us really, whatever happens now. But a little bit before we get into all that... um, it was, you know, it's a really difficult game to get excited for a Monday night game, particularly away in London. And to be fair to the Wolves fans, I think they did really well. Like everyone seemed quite up for it. It was a really quite a cold evening, probably one of the coldest ones games we've had so far uh, this season. Um, but everyone seemed up for it in good spirits. It was good turnout. It wasn't one of those games where you're looking around and people, there's just empty seats knocking about. It seemed like a good full atmosphere. Everyone seemed quite merry and had a few beers before. And I think we generated a good atmosphere in a ground that has no atmosphere to be brutally honest I mean their fans are just very very quiet even when they scored really there was nothing going back between the two fans so we had to kind of make the atmosphere ourselves and try and hype our own players up I think for the most part you did a did a a good job of that so I think the Wolves fans and the travelling support can be can be quite proud some of the players fed back into that as well there were times I remember when Cunha I think it was was trying to amp the crowd up after he he won a he won a a throw in or something I can't remember what what it was but uh you know we 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 felt up for it, and although we started slow, I think the fans helped us, you know, get back into the game and showed that we've got a bit of faith and that Gary O'Neill's earned a bit of trust, even when we're asleep for the first 10, 15 minutes and go 1-0 down, to be honest, because no one's got any complaints about that. We started slow, we go one one goal behind, fair enough, but they're working quite hard to get back back into the game, which we did. And I think both occasions where we, we got it back, got it back level to one each and then to two, two, we had a bit of momentum. And the problem is our momentum then was either killed by half time or by VAR calls, which are just, just all over the place. Um, from where I was stood, the two penalty calls for them were at the opposite end of the pitch. So, as you say, I didn't really know what was going on. The first one I saw, the Samedo one, from where I was stood, miles away. Like it's, You know how hard it is to see when you get the completely opposite end. I thought, oh, hang on, that looks like it was a penalty from, from where I stood. But then watching it back, you're thinking, but no, it's not because he's gone in there. He's won the ball. He hasn't, he's planted his foot and not made contact with the other player's foot. And then if there's any contact, it's been sort of initiated by the other player, really. There's just no way you can look at that and think it's a, think it's a, a penalty. But why they haven't sent him over to look at it I don't know and it just goes around in circles that it's just there's there's no consistency here and these the definition of clear and obvious is if you're looking at last night's game 
and you're thinking basically the call which VAR got involved with, which ultimately gave Fulham three points at the very end, was deemed originally not to be clear and obvious. However, a headbutt, a clear headbutt on one of our players, where if Max Kilman rolls around on the floor or if Max Kilman plays for Man City, that's pulled back immediately for a red card and that's definitely clear on the night. Step. I thought they, they so, played the game, I thought. So, it, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say, really. You're just left just like twiddling your thumbs again. And you know there's something in it now because it's not just Wolves fans saying it. It's being picked up by other people in the media. Like, what's going on with these Wolves calls? Because it's just every, every other week or it seems like every game, there's something that goes against us. And it's costing us points. And Gary O'Neill, to be fair to him, everything he's saying and doing, he's doing it so well. He's being so, um, so level-headed about it, making his points really, really well. So he doesn't get slapped with a fine or something, but I, I, you know, he's got it. I just feel for the bloke because he's right. We should have a, at least you know five or six more points now, which makes a big difference to us, a big difference to him, him, and how well he's perceived to be doing. And he's just he's just not getting any help from it. And but I, you know, it does make you think about conspiracies because people are starting. Other parts of the media are starting to pick it up as well and saying, "Why is there this vendetta against Wolves?" And if you're going to make calls like that and to win a game, that, that really. On the balance of it, I think a 2-2 draw, you know, would have been fair. Nobody would really have been too upset about that overall, particularly after we clawed our way back into it. But I don't think we particularly deserve to lose that game. And the decisions and the lack of consistency is just disgraceful. But it, I've said everything there is to say on VAR this season. And we keep saying it, fans keep saying it, but it keeps coming back around. And it's the same thing because they just they just don't know what they're doing. Jack, just it's seven points. So we aren't far off now being worse off than Everton being screwed yep. by the same people. Um, so let's let's break it down one by one and go through it, right? Because I don't think this is particularly difficult. They've got a screen at the side of the pitch. They've got a load of idiots in Stockley Park and a ref on the pitch. So he sees the first one. It looks like a foul. He blows penalty. VAR, look at it. They can all see that Samedo's made contact with the ball and tackled the guy, and they can see the guy's gone down. So there's a decision to be made between the referee and the guys at the VAR. Why hasn't he gone to the screen? He would have then seen it was a simple, it was a tackle, decent tackle. The bloke's gone down trying to buy a penalty. Easy for me. That's that's under three minutes. So anything else to add to that? Or am I right? Well, my question would be, uh, sorry, Harry, it's just like, what what are those VAR people looking at and telling him in this situation if they're saying not to go to the screen? (laughs) If they can see what everyone else is seeing and they're saying, okay, oh, he's actually won the ball there and then doesn't appear to have made very much contact at all. Okay, what should we do with that? Oh, stick stick with the penalty. Uh, I don't understand how that process works. I want to hear the tapes again, really, because it just mm. it just screams of incompetence. But Watching it on Sky, the first angle, when he got the ball, they watched that really quickly when he clearly got the ball. And then they swapped to a, like a fourth angle where it looked like he just clipped the man. And they just kept watching that one over and over and over again. So that's when they stuck with the on-field decision. It's almost like they ignored the one where he clearly got the ball, the first angle they had. So that's what baffled me with it. Because if he ran over to the screen and saw that first angle, he'd have overturned his own decision. And also, the three three decisions he got wrong, right? So the Samado one he gave at the time, he gave a yellow card for the Kilman headbutt. And he, um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. Ream, when he took down Huang, should have got a second yellow. And he decided yeah. that wasn't a second yellow. All three of those, right, he got wrong. They should have been overturned. The one that um, he said wasn't a penalty, the winning got the winning penalty, VAR intervened and then obviously overturned it. So basically the referee was fucking hopeless. 
because every decision he made is now proved to be wrong because they've come out and apologised for each of those decisions. The referees are absolutely shit in this league. And we just seem to always get the shit ones and always get the ones who work in VAR who ain't got a clue either. And none of them have got the bottle to make the right decision or they're just not capable of it. And I just can't believe it keeps happening. It's just getting out of hand now. Like, How can it just happen to the same team over and over again? If you uh, put us in the room and tried to look at it, fair enough, we'd be pretty biased. But if you look at it as objectively as you can, pretty much most football fans would have come to the same decision on these points. When you take away the most diehard of either fan base or complete arseholes like Jamie O'Hara, the rest of us would all come to a decent decision on it, wouldn't we? Like, oh. He yeah, he was play- saying last night, wasn't he? He was saying that it's it's a penalty. It's The, the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. The yeah. last one, he's but A lot of people it. have been split on he's that. Just- a lot of people have been split on that. But I think that's a... Do- yeah, I agree, Bayless. He's brought that. Gomez is doing everything he can to pull his leg away from that. And he, he, he initiates the contact. Wilson, he comes from it. he comes from bloke Gomez's blind side. Gomez pulls out the tackle and he just makes sure his leg clips him. You see it all the time. Mm-hmm. But the guy, unlike the first one, which is a good tackle, that one the guy buys the penalty and it gets bought, but not by the ref, only by the VAR. Yeah, mm. yeah. It, it, it's works. the whole on, on it's the on field decision thing that doesn't make any sense to me because the second penalty or the third of the night. Um, the the on-field decision was no penalty. But then I, I don't get why they've f- found a reason to go back on what they're supposed to be going with and doing something else. It just made, it, None of it last night made any sense to me whatsoever. It, it's all about where do you draw the line of clear and obvious, and it seems to change, not just by game or by week, but by section of the match and by decision of, of where that line's, line's draw. Because if, if, if a headbutt isn't it clear and obvious error that you're going to overturn? How can a dubious penalty like that, which he's looking for, my first reaction for the second penalty, bearing in mind both penalties were at the opposite end of the pitch to the Wolves fan. My first, but the Smader one, I thought that looked like a penalty. The second one, I thought dive. I thought he's just he just flown in there and, and, just, and just completely looked for it. And the ref was right there and was like, nah, no, straight away. And, I, and another thing that has come up a few times, and we said this in a few weeks now, is that it's really, really, really worrying for people who should be at the very top of, of their profession in, in officiating these games. I honestly think a lot of them think if there is contact in the box, it is a foul. Yeah. And yeah. That, is not, that is not the case because the, that's the first thing they look for. They don't look for, oh, let's watch that in real time and see whether it was a foul or not. They, okay, say, did his foot touch his foot? There we go. It's a foul. It's immediately a foul. And that's not how football mm. works. Football, if, no. if you want to just change the rules completely, because they seem to want to change every rule in the last 10 years anyway, they can keep trying to change the change. And there's talk of bloody Simbins coming in now and stuff, nonsense like that, isn't there? Yeah. But then just say, just say it's not a contact sport. And it's a foul if you touch another player. But yeah. that, that's where we're getting to. It's just ridiculous. So what, think- what do you do about that when that's that's the top level of, of, of officials in this country? The first thing they look for is, right, let's slow it down and see if his shoe touches his shoe because that means it's a foul. And that is not the case. That is not how it works. It's nonsense. If I was O'Neill now, I'd say to all the lads, the second you get in the box, anything, anything you feel, just go down. Just keep going down. Mm-hmm. And if we have three men sent off a game for diving, doesn't matter. Just keep doing it. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's no... There's no reason for them not to, is there? And actually, when Max Kilman had a very, very good reason to go down or make a little bit more of it, he chose not to. And to be honest, we, we have sat here, I think, previous in previous years and um, you know looked at players on opposition teams who've dived and gone, you know, it's pathetic. You wouldn't want your team to do it. But actually, I think when you're getting punished in the way that we are, when we're not sort of playing the game, 
Um, it stinks a bit, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Also, with VAR, it's rumored that they're going to start checking corners and like throw-ins and that now. So we're just going to be watching VAR checks all game if that's the case. Checking what? But, checking um, the typing correctly. Check. Well, checking like so, and it's a close one, and like you don't know who it hit when it went out, like things like that, oh, or God. if it's hit the wrong person. Does anybody just, actually want this anymore? Who wants this? Who's this benefiting? Like, what? What is the point? It, it it doesn't help to watch the game from home. It certainly doesn't help to watch the game from the stands. They say they get all the big calls right, but they don't because they still get bloody Hawkeye's failed in the past for goal line technology, and they get offsides wrong just because they drew the line in the wrong the wrong place. So it's supposed to eliminate all these decisions, but now we're just getting all the same dodgy decisions. But we have to wait. At, a bit firm and, and it kills momentum and kills the game as a, as a spectacle. So what what is the point? It's just like a weird vanity project that they can't let go of now, even though it's just not worked. Yeah. I think the, the crux of it I think is... Sam, I, I, oh, go on, Harry. No, I was going to say, I think Sam's mentioned before, before VAR come in, I think it was like a 97% success rate. And last night without VAR, it'd have been 2-2 because we just wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't have given that last penalty. And I just want to go back to that. I don't mind having the odd howler now because VAR is having way more howlers than it did when it was just normal referees and refereeing it. Keep the goal line technology one, even though that does break once in a blue moon like it did a few years ago. And just go back. It's just ridiculous now because we've we're on this podcast. We haven't once spoke really about our performance. All the pundits talk no, about yeah. now is VAR. We're not really talking about the football anymore. We're just talking about these stupid referees who can't use a computer. It's not like, right. So I had a chat today with a mate of mine who's a big Forest fan and this guy's played sport at like international uh, level where, where he's had um, video analysis refs in the game. And he, even his comments are like, who cares? It's a game of sport. I'd rather have a, yeah. a few odd mistakes than wasting tons of time and sucking the joy out of it. Yeah. So I'm, if, if proper professional sports people are starting to think that and they watching the sport, we all think it as proper football fans. Who are the people supporting VAR now? Because like, I don't web. know anyone. <laughs> whilst it's being whilst it's being run by people and referees rather than just automated just what you need now is just automate it for offsides don't have a human involved or anything like that automate it for offsides keep the goal line technology and as part from ex for extreme cases of mistaken identity that's it there's no human interference because you get rid then of all the subjectivity and all the unconscious slash sometimes we think just conscious bias to be honest and you're not going to get rid of that you're not going to get rid of the big teams getting the big decisions while they're still sat there in Stockley Park knowing what game they're watching and knowing that oh who's got clattered you know at the last minute oh it's the Wolves player not the main United player so we wave that one away it's it's they still do it and it, you know it's not going to while you've got these morons in charge it's not going to do it so let a computer do it and just limit its use as much as possible and let the game flow you've nailed it Jack instead of it being one moron that makes the odd mistake We've now got five morons that all make loads of mistakes. So unless it's just the computer doing automatic offsides and goal line, the rest of it's a waste of time. No, I, I think... Do you know what rubs when, it even I... more for us? Sorry. Did you see Simon Jordan earlier calling out Gary O'Neill saying it's funny how you only say it when they, they get it wrong? But the thing is, we ain't even getting any for us. People say it evens itself out. Oh, no. What have we had? Like, it's ridiculous. It's not way that springs to mind. It? If we're about 8-0 down last game of the season with something to play for, I'm like, we could really do with all these uh, coming and even themselves <laughs> yeah. out right now because I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it, it happening that, at all. Th that saying has always been a myth as well. That's that's the thing that, like, if Man United get a dodgy call in the last minute and win a game, that's what they, they Man United's fans say to justify it. Like, oh, yeah, it evens out over the season. It doesn't. There's always a bias towards the top teams. 
And they, perhaps the London London teams, to be honest, yeah, maybe Neil Warnock was right. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right though. It is just it's just sucking the joy out of the game for me. I mean, I've not been going as much this season. You guys know as I have done probably for the last 15 years. And and part of the reason for it is it's just it's just not as enjoyable anymore because they've brought in this stuff that's just limiting the enjoyment of the game, not for the benefit of the fans in the stadium. Like it just just makes it you can't really celebrate a goal anymore. You have to wait until they actually kick off before you can actually like think, okay, yeah, that's all right or or whatever. And even then, there was quite a big break in play after the Gomez foul yeah. last yeah. night before they actually brought it back. And I thought that had just been weighed on and had forgotten about it, really. I was concentrating on can we get up the pitch and try and get something, even though, you know, it was a bit of a game in the balance. But, but they played, we we played around for quite a while before it got brought back. And then as soon as they bring it back, you just know what's going to happen. Like, if we, so, imagine if we'd have gone up that other end and scored and then they pull it back. That, that's that's what makes it a whole fart. It. It's a whole thing. They were laughing you... and jo- joking about it on the sidelines anyway. So they, they, it's a joke to them, to the referees. They ain't bothered. They think it's hilarious, especially because Gary's been calling them out. And do you know what it's like? They're so they're so clicky. You know, they yeah. there's just you have to you have to have that sort of mentality to even be want to be a referee in the first place. And they, you know, how they all defend themselves then like a pack, don't they? You've seen Peter yeah. Walton just chatting nonsense, just changing his mind based on who's asking the question, like basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, just I'm just sick of it. Let's talk about the actual game a little bit, though. Like you said, because we've just that's 20 minutes of just talking about the same stuff we've spoken about for every episode of this podcast so far this season, and it's just just boring. It's boring to watch it. It's boring to talk about it. Like, whatever. Yeah, anyway. yeah. The one, the one final thing I'd say about it is that I think before it was bought in, brought in, I, I, I don't. I think they bought in for the wrong reason because I can only ever think of like absolute howlers being off offsides, and they were the, the ones that you were always arguing about in the pub because you, you genuinely did go with the referees' on field decision, didn't you? With penalties, and you go, well, it's a bit of a stinker. It's a bit soft. It's a bit this. It's a bit that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. FIFA seem to do fine with it. UEFA seem to do fine with it. So yeah, it's just a Premier League problem, isn't it? Um, Cunha scored a good goal though, Harry. Yeah, great. And to tell you what, the run from Belgard down the right-hand side as well. Brilliant. Skill, hangs to the back post. He was a free header. He was a free header, but still, usually we, we, we criticise Cunha's finishing and that was a great finish right into the bottom corner. And at that point, I thought we was going to, Go on and win and not have all the drama that was to come. But and also Huang hit the bar, didn't he, just before? So yeah. Um great header from Cunha. He's starting to really uh, get into his stride now. Um Bayless Huang is looking like a, a more of a prized asset, I think, every week. We've been saying it most of the season. Um he was really unlucky actually, wasn't he, in that first half when he pranged it against the bar and you think actually he's not that far away there. Yeah, he looks sharp. I thought Wolves, going forward, we looked sharp and we looked threatening. I thought that the first goal, we were very suspect at the back. No marking whatsoever. I don't know how that bloke walked through completely unmarked, but we then Fulham did the same for us for our equaliser and then all hell broke loose. But do you know what? We, we've moaned about the third goal and the penalty. In all fairness, it was sloppy play from Wolves in the build-up to it. Yeah. Getting to, there were too many turnovers in that sort of quarter of the pitch between the halfway line and our box and we did that two or three times and we were always going to get caught out with it so that aside from moaning about the actual decision I think Wolves gave the ball away in that area far too much throughout the game um, but then again it bought us the goal you know it was a bit of a couple of quick passes one nearly got intercepted that caused the first goal uh, I don't think we did enough to win it to be honest 
No, and that sounds. I, agree. I know we've talked about the VAR and stuff, but I don't think Wolves did enough to win it. We had some good opportunities and we played nicely in periods, but it was it wasn't one to write home about. It was quite a strange game, wasn't it? It seemed mm. that, that you know they had good spells, then we had a good spell, and it kind of went back and forward. I, I do stand by the fact that our momentum was killed a few times for for things outside of our control, which which really didn't help. But as I said, the first fifteen minutes we were very sloppy, and they were all over us. Uh, deserved to go in front. I think Quang hitting the bar sort of then sparked a bit of life into us, and um, we got back into it obviously with a great bit of uh, skill from Belgard, and then that Cunha goal, which, as Harry said, did everything right, just headed it down, didn't he, and it placed it perfectly. And then from that point, I thought, right, we're going to get back into this now. The crowd's up for it. We think we're going to come back from behind, and half time didn't help us, and then the, the the VAR certainly didn't help us for anything really in the in the second half. But I think second half performance on a whole wasn't great. To be honest, uh, we were quite quiet. The substitutions didn't really help us very much, I don't think. Uh, Huang overall had a quiet game. I was very worried about the penalty because it looked, I don't know if you guys saw it on the telly, it looked like Cunha was supposed to take the penalty and Huang took the ball off him. And whenever that happens, whenever <laughs> there's an argument about who's going to take the penalty, I'm, yeah. I'm usually, like I said to the bloke next to me, I was like, whenever they start arguing about it, it's usually a bad sign, but yeah. he just smashed it straight down the middle and buried it, fair enough. But you know, even from that point, we probably didn't do do enough in those last few minutes to try and go on and win the game. And um, that ultimately kind of ended up costing us. But I, I don't think we deserve to lose that game at all at the same time. Sorry, Jack. I've just seen that comment from Chris Rogers there saying one week we have a class Sarabia sub, this week we had Doherty. I thought one of the best chances we created in the game was Doherty. It was through him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Bayliss. I saw him getting loads of stick and I thought he was all right when he came on. I know he was left back so that it unbalanced us a bit. And I could see why people wrong. wanted Hugo Bueno on. And he switched to the right, didn't he, uh, at some points. But I thought he was good. I, I'd really, I was really shocked when I saw some criticism for him. Um, like you said, he scored on that one. Um, I yeah. understand and Sur- the Sur- like people baffled about Sarabia after the way he mm-hmm. was against Spurs for him not to make an appearance was a bit weird. And he's been commenting on Instagram, hasn't he? He commented on the official walls Instagram like, with a puzzled face, like why we're not brought on. Um, but yeah, substitutions probably weren't the best from Gary O'Neill. I thought Sasha, who I'm a huge fan of, didn't do much when he came on either. So um, yeah, it no. wasn't to be. I think a draw would have been fair without the VAR stuff. Yeah. I was trying to think of this earlier. There wasn't really a standout performance, I think, from any of our players. There was like a few six out of tens, a few seven out of tens, but there was nobody like Bel- you made. Belgard was the only one. Well, but in spells, like I don't, I don't think yeah. he was. Like, I thought Juan and Lamina. Huang and Lamina, but Lamina was clumsy for the Samada penalty He gave the ball away too much. You know, he like, give it away. Yeah. But I thought Lamina overall was good. And I thought Huang looked sharp as well. But apart from that, Belgard obviously for the assist. But yeah, I agree. I thought Santi did okay. He weren't horrendous, was he? Considering, yeah. He didn't like yeah, stand right. out yeah. bad. Yeah. I like the fact that that's the call we made and we were like, right, centre-back's out, so we bring in another out-and-out centre-back. So I had visions of, I don't know, like Johnny coming in in the three or something. I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. But no, I think yeah. it was the right choice and, it, you know, he, he did okay. Also, shout-out to Jose Sarr, which is weird when you've let in three goals. But <laughs> like, was, it, what, what could he really do about, about any of them? The first goal is so mm. sloppy, it's not our fault. But he made some good saves and he gave them an absolute... absolute absolute telling off like after we went one nil down which I think did help a little bit because he was getting angry particularly when they went nearly went two nil up uh before we'd even scored so I think he had a decent game to be fair on the whole even though you know letting three goals but what could he really do about them uh very good point um let's move on now to Arsenal Harry and 
you know, we didn't actually have many cards in the last game, but unfortunately the two players that did get booked uh, got their fifth bookings of the season. So Lamina and Gomez will be out. Uh, Craig Dawson is available again after his suspension for picking up five yellow cards. Um, how do you see Gary O'Neill setting up this one at the Emirates? Because this is a, a, a mammoth test. They're top of the league. Um, they're in Europa League action this week. So they're, they're playing on the Thursday. Um, what do you reckon he does? He's got to pick up his players again, hasn't he? Yeah, I think uh, Tommy Doyle will come in. Maybe Babacar Troyer if he's fit. I don't know if he's fit though. Um, and obviously Dawson will come back in. And it's counter-attack baby, isn't it? It's soak up the pressure, try and nick something. Um, unless he's got some kind of genius tactic he wants to play. And it'd be just like Wolves to go and win this because we've been struggling against Luton, Sheffield United, Fulham. But against the big boys, Spurs City, we seem to do something. So it'd just be typical Wolves, wouldn't it, that we go and get something. But I'm not holding my breath, I'll be honest. But it'd be a shame not to have Lamina and Gomez win it because they have been pretty good for us. Sorry, Champions League, I meant that's just force of habit, saying Europa League um, in action on Wednesday <laughs> night. And we're doing the podcast today earlier, so I'm, I'm just a little bit confused. Um, Bayless, for you? We're running out of players pretty quickly, aren't we? That is true. <laughs> I was going to say, Jack's going to get a call up, but I'll take Dazzling Dave instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got to be what you said, right? I think you've got to play Doyle in place of Lamina, but... I think it's I starting know. to look a little. It's looking a little bit imbalanced. I personally, I go for the smash and grab. Just try and get it to nil nil half time if we can, and then try and shit house one. Get the big lad on for the last twenty minutes. Jack, you got to do the three in midfield, and it's going to be the, the probably the only three that we've got available, isn't it? Really, um, eight Nori, I'm guessing, is going to be out for a while. So it'd be interesting to see if there's any changes to that, or whether he sticks with Doherty. But yeah, I mean. It, it doesn't get that much more difficult than this in recent years. They've obviously had a very good season last season, had a good start to this season too. Um, battered us last day of last season in this same fixture. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a difficult one, particularly, you know, it's one of those where we could go there and perform, but I think with some of the players we're missing, it, it, that really doesn't help the cause at all, does it, to be honest with you, but, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, like I say, I, I, it would be interesting to see what the bench looks like. Because um, obviously, I mean, it depends also how far Neto is off the pace as well. Because I think it, it's probably going to come too soon for him this time around. We're probably going to be looking at the the week after, and obviously the usual congested Christmas period coming up, which I can't believe we're talking about already. But there you go. Um, Harry, score prediction. Uh, la- I think we'll lose 2-0. Uh, Bayliss? Uh, the optimist in me thinks one all. The realist in me thinks about 4-0 Arsenal. Excellent. So an improvement on the last game of last season. <laughs> uh, Jack? Yeah, it's a difficult one because I'd really, really like to go there and win. Um, just loved. I, 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 you know, I can't see it, but it's just... Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those where I think I was going to say 2-0 as well. So I'll, I'll go 2-0, but, you know, let's let's see what happens. It's a, I don't want to say it's a free hit because, you know, we should be looking to at least compete with every team in the league. But, you know, I think it's one that we can go there and on our day get something. But 
looking at the way it's shaping up and the way um, just, we got, you know, we're playing against 12 men, aren't we, as well? Because we've got to play against the referee and we've got a few players out in the middle of the spine of our team. So, you know, what chances what chances have we really got if it's nil-nil in, in the 93rd minute and they get a penalty shout? Like, it's just, you know, just chalk it up. You know, it's pointless. Yeah. Brilliant stars uh, take us to 10 points at road and then we will be at Arsenal. Um, but one Arsenal player, Harry, that I think we've been linked with but uh, quite closely actually this week is um, Ramsdale, um, a goalkeeper potentially arriving in January if the reports are to be believed. Um, he's fallen out of favour with Arteta. Um, Raya was obviously brought in from Brentford and the idea was to have two world-class goalkeepers. But I think didn't Aaron Ramsdale do a, an interview with Started. some some sort of podcast and said that he he finds it hard to concentrate sometimes. Is that, I saw is that, that right? Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, it was with Ian, it was with Ian Wright, wasn't it? And he said like he just gets distracted by like birds and that, which is weird. Um, yeah, but uh, Ramsdale started <laughs> against Brentford um, in their one nil win the other day, so he's been back in. Mm. And this rumor come about because apparently Jose Sars linked with Saudi Arabia and moved to Saudi Arabia. So that it's just paper talk. I mean, I'd take him. He's a bit wild, isn't he? And gets distracted by pigeons. But, you know, he's a good keeper. So I'd have him. I'm not a fan, to be honest. I, I don't think there's anything in this. I don't know where this has come from. I haven't actually seen the reports or the sources. But I, 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 I yeah, I, I don't think there's anything in it. And I don't particularly... I was going to say I don't want him because obviously you know he's a good keeper, but there's there's always like you say a mistake in him or when he gets distracted or you know sometimes just a bit of a it's a bit of a strange one in he sometimes. It's, but um, that thing you said about birds, Harry, doesn't really help the course. But. <laughs> <laughs> His stats when compared to Sarah, nowhere near. Nowhere near. Um, yeah, well, I suppose you uh, is that encompassing a season relegated with Sheffield United, relegated with Bournemouth, title challenge for. Maybe three quarters of the season with Arsenal. Still the same size ball and the same, same size goal. Does Ramsdale kick it to their their striker? Like, did you just well, get <laughs> I mean, the bar is fairly low in terms of distribution between the two of them, to be fair. I mean, also, I do shit myself every time he touches the ball, but that's uh, just me. I also hate him after... Do you remember Arsenal came and won at Molyneux? Was it last season? Or the season He's a twat, yeah. I thought, thought they'd won the Champions League, so he can, he can fucking do one. Is he an Albion <laughs> fan? Is he an Albion fan? Probably. true? Probably. Is he? He's from, he's from Stoke. Nah, I don't think he is. He's a Stoke Final fan. Final nail. There you go. I don't want him. Um, don't want him anyway. anyway um, let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. Yeah, betting odds exactly as you would think. Uh, Excellent. Just to, give, just to give you an idea. So... 4 0 Arsenal and Martinelli to score first is only 50 to 1. Uh, yeah. I did a little bet build, builder just to keep it interesting and not try and put too much on it. But um, Cunha to score in 90 minutes, under three and a half goals in the game, and both teams to score in the second half, yes, is 29 to 1. Nice. Keeps it sort of open ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of scorecasts for you 2 1 Wolves win. Wang He Chan with the first goal, 185 to 1. That is long. And I'm, do you know what? I did the other one earlier and I forgot. But is Bellegarde able to play on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, the, he's one of the ones who can. He's in the midfield. Yeah. <laughs> Just <making> sure. <laughs> um, only because it was ridiculous odds. Um, Bellegarde score first, a one all draw, 230 to 1. So I think whatever you do in terms of a scorecast, if you think Wolves are going to get a result, a draw or, or pinch it, 
there's tons of value in it. Excellent. And I believe, I believe that every time we've played top of the league this season, we've won. So, I yes, there you go. Like that. What about, what about every time we play bottom of the league? We ain't talking about it. I won't play anymore. <laughs> We're giving their first points of the season, I think. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Trevor says that uh, Ramsdale is a boinger. So I think uh, he may well be an Albion fan. That rules him out. Um, let's move on to Everton. Um, Harry, Jeff Shee is a genius. We have avoided FFP problems. Arsenal, with their one count of naughtiness, have got a 10-point deduction which means um, City will be liquidated, I think, uh, due to their allegations against them, 115 charges. Um, but but first on the Wolves angle of this, do you feel a little bit vindicated after a, you know, a difficult summer and a difficult summer with not only just players, but also the manager as well in that situation, is that it, it seems to have gone quite well. And, and that picture of Jeff Shee holding that cup of tea uh, has been used many, many times with Everton's situation. Yeah, it's, they've come across well, haven't they, folks? And it's, it's done them a favour, Everton, having this deduction. Because in the summer, people were accusing them of not wanting to spend money. And if they genuinely did have FFP concerns, which you've got to believe, you know, we're not calling them lawyers, but it did feel a bit fishy at the time. You've got to say they've come out of it really well and fair play to them. Yeah. Um, Bayliss, I, I was shocked when it came through on the, uh, on the breaking news that, you know, I thought it didn't really happen to... Uh, founding members of the Premier League, certainly only um, the, the Portsmouth of the world. But do you think it's unfair? I mean, there seem to be a, a few holes in it because some things were to do with interest payments on stadium redevelopments and they shouldn't have been counted towards it. But they, they've got a couple of lawsuits coming down the line to add insult to injury, haven't they? What's the question? <laughs> They've got some lawsuits coming down the line, haven't they? <laughs> Apparently so. Um, I don't know. They're paying accountants to do these things. I'm sure one of the big four county fund firms have fudged the books on it and tried to get it through and they've been caught out. That's what happens, isn't it? Um, they were found guilty of a charge and it's to do with accountancy. Surely it's either right or wrong. The rules were in place and they've breached it, so they're going to get done. It's a bit harsh that it's 10 points because isn't that what you get for administration? Mm. Or is it more than that? Depends on the league, I think. I think it's different depending on... The, yeah, I'm not sure. How many teams but are in the Portsmouth league? got minus nine back in 2010 for going into administration in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, a bit of inflation. Um, it's a cruel mystery. I mean, the rules are there for everyone and they're not very good rules because it allows certain clubs to completely utterly take the piss. But surely someone at Everton has done something wrong to be found guilty of this. And it's silly that they've done it because originally it came out that they were moaning about the Richarlson payment. Is that right? But that's yeah. proven not to be correct. No. Um, I haven't heard the thing about the stadium loan or or anything to do with that yet. But... Um, Jack, were you shocked and or surprised? I was uh, both of those things, to be honest, because it, these, these things, points deductions for these sorts of uh, financial breaches, it seems to get talked about a lot, but no action ever really happens. And the fact that it's Everton who've had the first real um, first real pushback on this, rather than, say, I don't know, Man City or Chelsea or someone like that, um, they've really sort of laid down a marker now. And I can see why Everton fans are, 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 are agree with it, really, because if, if it 
whatever happens with the Man City thing, which I think is still ongoing for about 100-odd charges of, of various things, if at the end of that Man City just get a little fine and get away with it, then there's, it's just not going to make any sense. It's just going to look really bad because you can't be seen to apply different different punishments depending on whether the team is the best team in the world and like a big part of your brand and your, your Champions League winners, you know, so to speak, that you don't want to then harm them. But you have to... You have to you have to be consistent with your punishments, but obviously I don't know the level of detail about what what's happened with Everton and what how how it compares to the hundred charges that that Man City have. But it seems like they're laying down a gauntlet to sort of say, okay, we're going to be harsh on this sort of thing from now on. But the fact that they've done it for Everton for one charge before they've sorted out the absolute mess that's been hanging over City for quite a while. It, it, it's a you know that raises a few a few questions really, and the fact that it was so sudden and so usually as things go for appeal before they actually get 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 brought about, but it was like no this decision decision ten points you can appeal, but we're going to turn it around pretty quick, which they have to because other teams plan their season around you know the the place and the table you are, so you can't have a relegation battle which suddenly on the last day you give Everton ten points back and it relegates a different team that's completely unacceptable, so they they have to do it like that, but. I, I don't know what what this means for for the long run, and but but you know if, if City just get away with a little slap on the wrists, whatever whatever the detail there, it's going to leave a bad taste in the mouth for for some people. Well, it's about yeah. half a point per million, isn't it? That's that's the precedent they've now set. I think yeah. everything were around twenty million difference that got them done, and that's what they're guilty for. So. I would assume cities is going to be much larger. So as long as it's half a point per million, they breached all fair, right? It's one of those, isn't it? I suppose the bigger you are as a club, the more your player sales are going to be. And it, it works in both directions. You know, you, if you're spending a hundred million on someone like Jack Grealish, but you're selling three of the players for 30 odd million, you're breaking even, aren't you? That's the supposed to be the same man, rules man. for all of us though. Oh yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. But Man City also do this nonsense whereby they they sell their ground to one of their other companies for, oh, yeah, we'll sell that to them for a billion pounds. And then you've moved that money from there to there. But that's revenue you can use against that. And that's sort of those sorts of things, which I think a few clubs have taken advantage of as well. So it's not a level playing field. And we've said before, financial fair play is is not there to make it fair. Let's let's get that out of the way. It's there to just, um, you know keep teams afloat, I would say, uh, rather than anything, and keep the status status quo intact, to be honest. Oh, the top end, Jack, it's, it's literally legal money laundering, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Harry, what do you think? Because, I mean, the, the whole Saudi Pro League has probably thrown a, a little bit out of whack because I guess if you have uh, a, a fairly decent asset at your club now and you're teetering on FFP, then in that final year where you can't make that £105 million loss in total over the last three, you must be going, well, let's cash it in now. Uh, and then that solves all our problems. Yeah, definitely. And City, I think it's over 10 years they've been investigated for. So they've done a lot of that, haven't they? They've done a lot of uh, mm-hmm. shady things. They've got amazing lawyers. They've got very clever people running their club and they're still trying to get away from it now. Um, Chelsea also, they got charged by UEFA for doing dodgy stuff, but the, the, the Premier League haven't done anything. And... Thankfully, Wolves got away with it, but Everton were warned, apparently. They were warned in the build-up. Everton agreed to stop, and they didn't. They thought that because of the interest and all that rubbish, there's so many like minor little details. They actually lost 300 million, not 125. Because of all the silver stuff they did, it went down to 125, but they thought they were going to get away with it, and they haven't. And if it had happened to Wolves, it would have been gutted, to be honest. So, if you know, fair play to Jeff, and that, that was what the original point was about. And I think... Uh, they have, they've had, they've had good criticism. They've had, they've deserved it. 
Jeff and that the last few years they've, they've, they've made some bad decisions but this gets a bit of credit back in their bank and gets some fans uh, off their back a bit I guess certainly does um, let's move on to expressandstar.com and I think if you noticed maybe a couple of months ago um, there was a big drive to I think actually I don't know how, how often any of you lot go on the website but there was a noticeable change a couple of months ago where it moved away from looking like a crap regional news website to something that was a little bit slicker, a little bit smarter. Uh, and now they're starting to charge for a plus membership. Um, Harry, I don't know how often you, you use it. I, I don't know the ins and outs. I know like a, probably, is it maybe 30% of the articles fall, fall under this? Um but it seemed to have got a lot of backlash from people who use the service. I just want to get your thoughts to begin with. Yeah, I'm probably the wrong person to ask just because I don't read articles really because I can't read. No, I'm joking. But I do, <laughs> you know, I've listened to... Um, it's a drawback. <laughs> I've listened to their podcast. I think they're... Well, I used to listen to their podcast. Um, uh, I've never read The Athletic and things like that. But I think it's a really bad move um, to charge people. Um, to read their content like they might think they're really good and they probably are and I'm sure it's the powers that be that have made the decision obviously not Judah um, Liam etc but it's a really bad look isn't it I mean the Athletic put it down their subscription down to a pound at one point because they were so desperate but the thing is like there's a lot of I'm not, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shit out there now. They're like, we do this. There's a lot of fan content. It's not all good, obviously. People might think this is shit, but there's so much to watch now for free. So to start charging just doesn't sit right with me personally. Um, I think it's a bad move. It'd be interesting to see how many subscribers they get. It went down like a lead balloon, like you said. And uh, when you've got people at the Express and Star as well pretending to be Wolves fans when they don't even like Wolves, I'm not paying to read something that someone re- writes who's not even a Wolves fan. He's just pretending to be and acts like a bit. Yeah, there we go. It's, it's, also, it's also still got adverts as well, which is slightly weird. Um, mm. Well, uh, I suppose they, they, they probably okay. go away if you pay. I, I, I would bring just, Jack, I would bring Bayless in first. Then it, it's just the problem that the dying old print media is having. Right? It's it's a bit of a shame, really, because I always remember growing up we'd always have the Express and Star and the pink paper on a Saturday with the football scores in and stuff, but it's, it's had its time. I mean, the guys, the podcast great, right? They, and they, they're pretty close to the club, so they get some really good information and they do it well, but they're doing it on the same platform as we are. Whereas on their print side of things, their digital side of things, I don't know. It's obviously not paying for itself, is it? Because they've got to put it behind a paywall now. Chat. Uh, it's an interesting move. I mean, when you think about it, like you say, obviously the Express and Stars circulation is not going to be anywhere near it was in terms of paper sales. I remember like when we were kids, it was a thing like your dad used to have an Express and Star every day. And that just doesn't happen now because people are getting older. Older people, I think, tend to buy actual newspapers. I can't remember the last time I actually bought a newspaper that the, maybe the Racing Post, um, and that's that's not even a newspaper, is it really? So um, it, it's just something we don't need to go and get that paper to consume the information because every scoop you get now, it's not as if you're paying the Express and Star for their insider knowledge, I don't think, because every scoop now is broken on Twitter before they even know what's going on usually. So that's the place you can go to get the actual finger on the pulse sort of information about every club and not just Wolves. But the thing that was surprising for me is that the price point of it is quite expensive, isn't it? It's like 40 something quid a year. 
four yeah, so pound a year. My Netflix a, is four ninety nine a month. Yeah. Like, and that's 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 like you know similar similar comparison level, isn't it? Really, and uh, the amount of entertainment you get for that compared to a certain selection of articles about wolves. Like, I get they have to do it because you know the the ads ads flowing through the website through clicks is obviously not paying for it with the print sales going down and you think about it they've got two full-time members of staff there just reporting on walls pretty much that they're paying and yeah. it, it's obviously getting to the point where it's just not sustainable so they're having to try other stuff it's never going to go down well personally i don't use the website that much at all so it, it wouldn't appeal to me i think it might appeal to a few listeners who i'm guessing sorry readers who would probably let's be honest most likely be of the older generation but i i can't see that many people paying for it and i don't I think, think the uptake's going to be high because you can get like you say so much choice and better stuff for free um with your money and if you want to pay for your money, right. you can get more, more stuff but i don't think you're right jack because the older well, demographic still engage with this i mean we sadly everyone listening we, lo we look at our youtube stats and um it's mostly a load of old bastards that listen to us. So it's mostly Dan's dad. <laughs> that destroying the entire audience, Dan. Um, I was joking. Not but let's go. Like the, the the cost of it, though, because it, there's a two year plan on there, which is apparently down from 124.99 for the two years down to 85.99. Um, you know, it's a big it's a big expenditure in one go. Uh, you got the best offer, which is 42.99 down from 69.99, and then the monthly, uh, which is build monthly, is 5.99 so uh interestingly um the podcast seems to be behind the paywall so that's um, that's, that's why they've done it then maybe it's it's not, not it's not sam okay um it's definitely not behind the paywall the, the podcast will be free i did see that well i'm on the podcast now and it says oh i'm sure today. judah said on twitter that it's um still free the podcast i'll give it's you some advice do a spot. do a short podcast for free uh, and then do the longer one behind the paywall. That would be my. Do you that's what they do? Do you that's what they do? I reckon that's what they should do because I mean, cutting off your content or cutting it off completely is a is a poor move. We, we aren't um, doing probably, that, listeners, because you're. We, we will, there is no paywall here. No, listen. I, I listen to podcasts a lot driving around, and I would not pay for even my most favourite podcasts. Like, like they earn enough from ad, ads, and that don't know the big ones. Really? So don't be greedy. Oh yeah, the, the podcast game. That's what everyone does a podcast these days. The the popular people, they all do a podcast because the bloody revenue on adverts for podcasts is through the roof. We know that I mean, just from the adverts we get on Spotify. I was going to say, compare the two. Yeah, compare yeah. the two. It's way you get way more money for I don't know for five hundred views on audio. You get way more money than for five hundred views on YouTube. Way more. It's ridiculous. Makes no sense. Um... But yeah. I don't know, Harry. If Fight Disciples went behind a paywall, you'd pay. I wouldn't. I'd tell him to suck a fat but, but would, you, would you? Would you be more likely to pay rather than saying, "Okay, here's 120 quid for two years, 99p an episode, or something like that"? Like that's a bit more manageable, isn't it? That's that's the thing. It's the price point that's really confused me because comparing it to other other subscription services, it just seems quite high when all you're getting is 30% of the walls articles. And I mean, what what articles are behind this paywall? Can you can you pick a few out? Like what are the titles? That, Liam Keane's match that premium content player ratings, I guess. Yeah, player yeah. ratings, which you can get from anywhere on Twitter or other papers yeah. like national media outlets. I'm guessing, like, um, yeah. so, so, so for argument's sake, now they've got an exclusive. Uh, Wolves exploring deal for Wonder Kid goalkeeper. Wolves are exploring a possible two million pound deal for Wonder Kid Rome Jaden Awusu Aduro, 
the expression star understands. So I guess you've got, you've got a story for free there. The whole story in two sentences, <laughs> and then go. Do you want to read the full story? I mean, how much more of a story is there to tell apart from going? Like, see, like, I think. Um, no I think Liam. By the way, Liam Keane. Like I think he's really good. He's. I think he's really good. I like. Uh, I like Liam, but. A lot of their stuff, like Jack pointed out earlier, they are doing a lot of guessing work as well. They do have contacts within the club, but the club don't give out so much these days. So they do just look at Twitter and just rehash whatever Fabrizio's put or John Percy at the Telegraph. So if you want to pay anyone, pay them because they're the ones who get all the scoops. That's just the brutal honesty of it, isn't it? The Telegraph is behind the paywall. So and no one reads. Yeah, that. but not. But, oh, it is. But again, but they, but they, but they tweet the articles like with with the information you need. You get the headline yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as it says a uh, deal for blah de blah for thirty million pounds to Wolves. You know the story. <laughs> you don't need. You I don't mean, need actually, the extra context. It, it, this this article is one I would pay to watch. This is so weird. Former Wolves star denies verbally abusing young referee is under 12s game abandoned. There you go. Um, that's, that's what that's what the sixty quid a year is for. <laughs> uh, Travis says, "Sounds like Jack wants to charge a pound. Um, Martin wants to buy Harry a pound. <laughs> uh, the, we will never ever charge for our content, but you can buy us a pint. <laughs> we, yeah, especially in the North Bank. I'm still getting over the fact it was seven pound twenty a pint. Unbelievable. What? Right, okay. Um, I know. No. I know. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not true. Yeah, it's fake news. Twenty-eight pounds eighty in the." In the well, in the WV, what, what's it called, Harry? Where, where do we go? I don't even know. WV one. No, where what is it? What are you drinking? North Bank it? bar. North Bank bar. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so not but, not the bar in the North Bank, but like next. Yeah. Week. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have we got any more groups of people to offend, or should we go? No, I don't think so. You've done a sterling job. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening. Uh, right. <laughs> we will say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Bye bye. Um, at the ageist Daniel Bayliss. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Williams <laughs> yeah bye everybody and uh, Martin says he's going to buy, buy me a pint as well so it's a goodbye for me goodbye oh, cheers Martin thanks Sports Social Podcast Network hello it is your partner big boy interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood introducing neighbor to neighbor a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action contribute to local needs and be a part of something bigger than yourself Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.